Nutrition is remarkable in its ability to have people with completely opposite views saying they have science to support completely opposite views. Frustrating, isn't it? What are we supposed to believe? Welcome to Dynamism Biohacker. My name is Dr. Matt Hammett, wellness and nutrition expert, lifestyle trainer, and movement enthusiast. And each week, I'm going to share with you how to make the right nutritious choices despite conflicting expert opinions, where I help you to discover how to unlock your inner aborigine or your inner greatness. Thank you for spending this time with me today. So let's get into the training. Nutrition isn't just about what you eat. Nutrition has to do not only with food or how well you eat, it has to do with how well you move. And in this training, it has to do with how well you think. You know, if you think about it, like the rest of our science system, the bulk of human psychology research also came from rats. We all know about the carrot and stick principle, you know, the rat maze. Think about that. Again, we can't determine health for human beings from rats. To determine health for humans, we need to tap into our inner aborigine. In terms of developing a healthy mind and a healthy psychology, we need a timeless strategy, a system that works. And I'm going to talk about such a system found in some of our current ancient people from Papua New Guinea, right? Through lessons from them, we're going to talk about how to develop a system that works for you. It's one thing to learn about how to get and stay well. It's a whole nother enchilada on actually doing it. And that leads us to dynamism biohack. How do you eat a dinosaur? Dynamism is the enthusiastic quality or charism that dynamic people possess that characterizes them by their vigorous action and progress. They step outside that it's genetic cliche, the blame it, name it, and tame it with a drug approach into what I call true health. This is the health class your doctor doesn't know, the wellness prevention and health promotion solution, how to get and stay well for a lifetime. That's dynamism. The Korowai people live close to the border of Papua New Guinea, and the majority of their clans live in tree houses. That's right, tree houses. The Korowai people are hunter-gatherers and horticulturists who practice shifting cultivation, and they have excellent hunting and fishing skills. Until around the 1970s, they were completely unaware of the existence of any people on Earth besides themselves. And this lack of awareness makes their culture an interesting group to study because it proves to be less adulterated. And their extensive views of 140-foot-high tree dwellings seen towering over other trees in the Indonesian rainforest makes it hard to believe that they were unaware of other humans. But when you're living in one of the least explored jungles in the world, these things can happen. The Korowai people, they have, they've been building their towering tree houses since long before we even had skyscrapers, right? On that isolated island of New Guinea, part of Papua in the Indonesian rainforest. Now, I remember growing up dreaming about having a tree house. 
You know, my brother and I would try to experiment with our versions. <laughs> Usually consisted of one or two two by fours placed high up in our tree in the backyard. Not much of a tree house, but for us, we built it and we were proud. Well, the Korowai people built their tree houses with banyan or wambom trees, which made excellent working materials similar to modern support beams. You know, they had a system they borrowed and perfected from their ancestors, not just in hunting skills, but in tree dwelling. And the tree house, the building skills required one of the fascinating examples of continual improvement ever seen in any tribe observed to date. And these tree houses were constructed not with load-bearing machinery, but rather using the most basic, almost prehistoric of tools and with expert climbing skills of the Korowai. Tree houses were filled with as many as a dozen people along with all sorts of additional family pets. And the Korowai people, well, they battled the harsh environment of the rainforest. So they built their homes high up in the trees and this allowed the tribes to escape from the, you know, the unbearable disease carrying mosquitoes and, and other pestin invaders. And the tree houses also protected from flooding. Right? And in their religion, it gave protection from evil spirits or troubling neighbors. You know, these trees were built in revel- relatively short time with a small crew kind of guided by a leader who seemed to have specialized knowledge as to how to place each pole and bind them together. You know, watching them build a treehouse is very much like watching an NFL football game. I'm serious. It's complete with specialized players, coaches, and specific play designs for each unique circumstance. See, not all of the houses are level with the treetops. Some are between 8 to 12 meters high with a single notch pole that they use as a ladder. And the homes can last up to five years as long as they don't perish in an accidental fire. Now, the BBC traveled into the most private part of the Indonesian jungle to examine and film the Laheyu clan of the Korwai tribe building their tree houses. And the beautiful footage they captured was video documented for Human Planet along with a fascinating behind the scenes look. I've already talked about our need to tap into our inner aborigine in terms of how we eat and how well we move. But should we really try to mirror our ancestors in terms of how to think? I mean, we have advanced in our brain chemistry, haven't we? I mean, if we look back at our past, yeah, our advances in education, our industrialized way of life helped us put a man on the moon and one day on Mars. You're not going to find an aborigine building a treehouse that will get them to the moon. And of course, we all get that. But in all honesty, we really sit down and think about this. Our ancestors teach us a lesson about our brain health. We have toxins all around us in our air, water, soil, in our environment from both the food and chemical industries, 
as insulting and damaging our brain. Even the grains we eat today are toxic to our brain, as we learned from Dr. David Perlmutter's work in Grain Brain in a recent show. So compared to our hunter-gatherer ancestors, they have healthier and bigger brains than you and me. And quite frankly, I talked in a different show about how the human brain has shrunk significantly compared to our hunter-gatherer ancestors. And of course, we don't want to go back to the outback in terms of their limited education, but in terms of brain development, because we currently live with smaller brains, we become like the koala bear. We talked about that before. So it's worth learning a thing or two about our past and mimic patterns that may help us heal our brain in the present. With that said, could you build a treehouse the way the Korowai people do? I bet you couldn't. For us, it was a two-by-four, right? They may not have had the, the luxury of going to school the way we did, but inside their skulls is a healthier and a bigger brain than us. So we want to pay attention to that, to understand where we came from and what we need to do, how we need to interact in nature and in our lifestyle that resembles the body and mind of an ancient. Again, trying to implement a system of living that mirrors our ancestors' lifestyle like the craftsmen of the Korowai people or our ancestors can be overwhelming when we live in a comfort-oriented culture. And I think at this point in this training, everyone can agree that understanding humanity and implementing a healthcare system that deals with humanity by mimicking the lifestyle of an ancient, rather than dissecting rats and mice, you know, tapping into our inner aborigine is the key to the future of health promotion for humans. Remember, We all have a hunter-gatherer genome. We have the same genetic requirements as the Korowai people. Living a life that is genetically congruent for humans should be the focus of our healthcare system. And I know it can be very difficult in today's society. Knowing what we should do and doing it is very perplexing. So to overcome the obstacles to developing a living and active knowledge of this ancestral way of life, we're going to turn to one of our key concepts, the core why people mastered, and it's called Kaizen. Kaizen, it's a Japanese term for continuous improvement. Kaizen is the soul of the think driver you know, the third pillar of dynamic people. The Korowai people are one of the greatest examples of Kaizen at work in human civilization. Therefore, it's important to gain a deeper understanding of the larger concept and how we can unleash it for robust results in our modern lives and communities. Kaizen is continuous improvement based on certain guiding principles our ancestors have been doing since man first walked on earth. And here they are. Efficient processing, right? Efficient processes bring great results. Understanding the current situation. Speak with data managed by facts. Take action to contain and correct root causes of problems. Work as a team. 
and finally Kaizen is everybody's business. The core of why people certainly understood the most notable feature of Kaizen and that significant results come from many small changes which accumulate over time. But small changes have been misunderstood to mean that Kaizen equates to minor changes. In fact, Kaizen means everyone involved in making improvements. Dynamic people don't use this as an excuse to go with the flow of the community. They use this idea to gather the community, to educate and implement a strategic method like a food co-op, a gym group, a political rally, or some other like-minded group inspired to make community changes. Kaizen is a long-term approach that seeks to achieve small, incremental changes. Each change can be so small and straightforward that it seems insignificant at the time, but as you accumulate these little changes together over time, they become enormous. In the kitchen, maybe it's taking out an ingredient or two and adding a healthier one, right? Instead of weekly grocery shopping, you shop every three days like the Europeans do, getting fresh vegetables. Just adding fresh vegetables to the dinner table is something we can all do. Should you decide to run a marathon, you wouldn't just get up one day and go. The first thing you would do is you'd research how to train and prepare for it. And there are many different approaches, but the one that I'm advocating is based on Kaizen because, well, it's a lasting game changer. You know, most of my patients who start training joke with me about how they can't even run for five minutes, and I assure them that's okay. They should stick with the program. I usually start with something very simple. The first week, I tell them run for three minutes and, you know, then walk for two minutes, alternating for 45 minutes. The next week, I would tell them to run for five minutes and walk for two minutes. You know, sometimes they would... They wouldn't even have a desire even to go to the gym. So I, I asked them to lay out their clothes in the night before, right? Don't worry about going to the gym. Jim, just lay out the clothes in your shoes. Then in the morning, they would see the clothes laid out. And I'd ask, why not put them on? They're there. Still not mentioning anything about the gym. And they get dressed. Maybe they feel a little more up to it. Maybe they don't. So I'd ask why, right? I'd ask why not go to the gym just to watch people? You don't have to work out, just to watch people. See, most people, if they take the time to dress and go, will also engage in the activity. What you will find, the hardest part of this is dressing and showing up. In fact, in my experience, it is over 95% of it. You see, if you can make small incremental changes each week for the next six months, you will finally be ready for the marathon. That's the spirit of the Korowai people and the power of Kaizen. The hardest part of doing anything new is getting started. The same goes for each one of the five pillars of a dynamic health. Look, a space shuttle, a space shuttle uses 96% of its fuel during takeoff. See, it's getting started that is difficult. That is why we need systems put in place. The process the Korowai people used to build a treehouse is a system that involves incremental improvement to help accomplish an enormous task little by little. Each system in the treehouse evolved over trial and error over time. It performed a difficult task slowly. 
So after investing over a decade of my life to practicing holistic medicine, the same recurring problem kept coming up. Our culture says that we are sick or getting sick because of predetermined genes, you know, family inheritance or genetic destiny. The idea that we are born with health, that it comes to us, not from us. It teaches people to live without the consequence. And it is making the sickness crisis industry, the food industry, and its wedding partner, Big Pharma, very rich. I realize that if I'm going to write a book or start a podcast, it must involve a simple system that anyone can implement. And it must be a complete game changer for the American healthcare system. I wanted to explore new ways of treatment that would increase our results and sustainability of our work. And the priority, and after a decade, was the research behind this training. If you think about it, before the Human Genome Project, over 86% of our medical research comes from laboratory efforts in rats, mice, and animals. According to the standards set up in 1910, when they standardized the practice of medicine, they instituted that evidence-based science, the random control trial, right? It would become the gold standard for medicine. The fact is, at present, we have zero human trials. Now, hold on. If you look at the rules to have true random control trials on humans, you would need to basically breed human beings in a lab and study them over generations. That's true. Now, I'm not advocating such barbaric practice or standards. Look, when we have over 30 million women and children forced into sex slavery, and when more than 75% of humanity were slaves until the late 18th century, I could imagine someone or some government somewhere that could set up such a research facility. God forbid. But I'm only bringing awareness that rats are not miniature humans and that most of the modern medicine today comes from rats. In fact, each year's Nobel Prize winner gets selected for the research conducted on rats and other animals. There is no algorithm, computer program, or technique that will guarantee that chemicals exposed to rats and animals will have a similar effect at all on humans. None. Not a single shred of evidence in any peer-reviewed journal, not one. And there never will be. Because it turns out every single species on planet Earth has a specific set of genetic instructions specific to that species. Look, if you study a dolphin, you wouldn't study a shark. You would study the dolphin. The bottom line, we want to tap into our inner aborigine. We want to live like an ancient without leaving our modern world. And the spirit of the Korowai people we can follow their example by creating a system that works for us. In the upcoming training, I'm going to expand on how to do that. The first step in creating lasting change is to learn how to eat a dinosaur. How do you do that? How do you eat a dinosaur? With one bite at a time. Understand? If you are a current patient in our office, I love you. Thank you so much for your confidence in us. If you are not a patient, I certainly would love to meet you someday. Go to our website, newlifefamilychiropractic.net. And also, I just want to remind everyone that we got the same 24 hours in a day. I'm no busier than you are, but if your goal is to live a happier, healthier, and fuller life, you've got to learn to manage yourself. 
And that means managing your movement, which drives your energy. When we better manage our energy, we're better able to be more present and vibrant and enjoy our life. We're better able to manage our five pillars of a dynamic health. You deserve a life that is peaceful, that is balanced, that is happy, where you have tons of good health. The health that you need, the health that is on demand when you need it most. You see, because health doesn't come to you, it comes from you. It is a fruit that is grown and earned. And I know we all heard the genetic cliche, the blame it, name it, and tame it with a drug approach. But the truth is, the solution doesn't lie with more drugs and surgeries. The solution lies with you. You know it's not so much of a healthcare crisis as it is a self-care crisis in our world today. Thank you so much for spending this time with me. I love you. I love hearing from you. So don't forget to reach out to me. Let me know what you thought about this episode. Do so by whatever is your favorite social media platform. Send me a message there. Let me know that you listened to this episode and what you thought of it. And as always, I appreciate it in advance anyone who is kind enough to write a review. That is the ultimate gift. I appreciate you very much for that. I love spending this time with you. I'm Dr. Matt Hammett reminding you to lighten up, move better, and live fuller. Until next, Dynamism Biohacking.